0: he wants to stop the influence of christianity paul is one soul here is one person who feels so powerful he has the authority of the religious leaders he is more powerful than you, than you can think and listen to what he says in chapter 26 when he is giving His testimony to Agrippa in chapter 26 of Acts from verse 9. He says, I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison. And when when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished. And I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. This is how vicious Saul is. He is not playing games. And so the question that I want us to look at today, which I think this passage is answering, is what does God do to us when we think we are in control? How does God respond to us, to that person that thinks that he or she is in control. Paul on his way to Damascus, we are told as he neared Damascus in verse 3, his journey suddenly, uh, on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and had a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He is on his way to persecute Christians. Before he gets to Damascus, someone more powerful than the high priest stops him. There is a light that flash- flashes around him and it knocks him off his horse, and he falls to the ground. And as if that's not enough, he hears a voice, a powerful voice that calls on his name. With a question, why are you persecuting me? Now Saul heads. Has never met Jesus Christ. Saul has only been persecuting Christians. But here, Christ appears, and the question is, Why are you persecuting me? And Saul's, Saul, being on the ground, he asks, Who are you, Lord? Because he doesn't know Jesus. He's asking. You remember last Sunday we said, if you are a believer, you know the voice. Paul can connect what was happening when Stephen was being stoned and said, I can see Jesus standing on the right hand of God. This is the same Jesus that Stephen saw and he is now appearing to Saul. He is alive. This revelation is Saul's invitation to submit to the Lord. Again, those of you that have been here for a while, you know that we learned here that God's revelation is an invitation for us to be involved. Every time God reveals himself, he is inviting us to be part of what he is doing. He doesn't just reveal himself so that we can feel happy, so that we can, we can enjoy the moment. He reveals himself to tell us what he is doing and to invite us to join him. This is Saul's invitation to be involved in what Jesus is doing. But again, when Jesus says to Saul, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, there is something here that we should also learn. Because this tells us that Jesus identifies with the suffering of his people. When they are persecuted, he feels the pain. If you are yet to believe in Jesus, you can do so today. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Saul has lost all his power here. This is his end. This is the end of his self-centeredness. Everything, the breathing murderous threats comes to an end here. All the power, the authority from the chief priest comes to an end here. His religion, his understanding, and everything that was pushing him against Jesus Christ comes to an end here. Because there is someone who is more powerful than any power that you can imagine. So Jesus tells him, now get up. So Saul has lost his control. Jesus is in control now. He's the one calling the shots. Now get up. In other words, now you are going to do what I want you to do. Now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Saul, at this moment... You have no power. You have been humbled. What does God do to us when we think we are in control? I'm glad you asked. The Lord. Humbles us. He has a way of bringing us to the end of ourselves. So we can learn to rely on him. When we, whether it knows the Lord. He knows the Lord. Yes, Lord. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. The Lord is telling Ananias, he is inviting Ananias again to be involved in what he is doing. There's something I'm doing in the life of Saul. Ananias, I want you to be part of it. He's waiting for you. I have prepared him. But Ananias is like you and me. He knows Saul's history. He understands Saul's resume. He says, Lord... I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. I know about this guy. He is not a good guy. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest. Christians are famous for shooting The wounded. We are the first ones to criticize people that God is working on. We are the first ones to judge others with our own standards of righteousness. Many of us have missed opportunities where God wanted to use us in someone's life because we focused on their past. Ananias here is being invited to participate, to join God in what he is doing. And the first thing that comes to his mind is not the power of God, the knowledge of God, but Saul's past. I know him. He used to be my neighbor. Our children went to the same school. We worked in the same company. I know her. She is an evil person. I know the lifestyle that she was living. I know her. She's not a good person. I don't want to be near her. How many times have we looked at people and focused on their past? is an instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So the Lord assures Ananias, even though Ananias should have known, When the Lord told him, go, he has seen a vision of you going to minister to him, that should have been enough. But he goes on to assure Ananias that Saul is his chosen instrument. And then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, what? What? What did he say? Brother Brother Saul. He has accepted him as a brother from the same father. Brother Saul. And that should be the response that we should have on anyone that the Lord is transforming. Whether they are just beginning or they are somewhere in their journey. Our attitude should be, as long as this person believes in Jesus, he is my brother. She is my sister. She may not be where I am today, but I wasn't where I am today, yesterday either. Growth is a process. Jeremy, can you imagine when they start judging Caleb with the ability that Sophia has? We don't do that to our children. We understand that growth is a process. We are patient with them. We feed them and give them everything they need to grow. And yet, when it comes to a fellow Christian, instead of being patient with them, instead of making sure we provide what they need for them to grow, we want to avoid them. Each one of us here... Should be involved in helping someone grow. If you think you have grown in your spiritual life. Show us by helping someone else grow. about that because we are all at different levels here and so those of you that have us mature more mature than others you should help others grow that should be our attitude i went to preach in uh, one church a few years ago I won't tell you, I won't tell you which church it was. But there was a man there who was a homosexual. And uh he had come to Christ. And I'm here as a guest preacher. The first thing I was told was he was a homosexual. The elders told me he was I'm like, kind of a church here. We want to be a place where people from all walks of life can come and find and experience the love of Christ. That they can feel they are in the presence of the Lord, who even though condemns their sin, he accepts them when they repent. Brother Saul. Jesus appeared, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. His eyes were closed. He became blind. Afraid, in despair, reflecting his own darkness, his life without Christ, Ananias come, he places his hand on him, he prays for him, and his eyes are open and scales fall, reflecting the newness of his life. Saul, when he was going to Damascus, he was looking and seeing with his sinful eyes. And now the Lord closed his eyes and he's opened them so that he can see afresh. So that he can see differently. So that he can have the eyes that will guide his life as a disciple. From now on, Scales may fall from their eyes. Maybe they have eyesight problem. Maybe they have a problem with their spiritual eyes. Maybe we need to pray for them. This account reveals the power of God and the joy of the new life that we have in Christ. And you know, each one of us has our own Damascus experiences. Moments that the Lord encounters us, moments that the Lord has encountered us. As a Christian, your Damascus experience is meant to help you recommit yourself to the Lord. To help you submit to his Lordship. As someone who does not know Christ, your Damascus experience is meant to bring you to the end of yourself. So that you can turn to Christ and find joy and fulfillment In him. Each one of us. Will have and will continue to have those moments. Where the Lord encounters us. To bring us to the end of ourselves. In some areas of our lives. So that we can learn. To trust him. And to see things from his. Perspective. If God can humble Saul. God can humble anybody.